This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. Quick programming note before we begin here. I got another episode coming for you in the next day or two. It's not really an interview as much as it is a conversation. It's pretty special to me. It's going to be fun, I think, but I wasn't able to get it done before today. But I wanted something in your feed. So I'm recording a, a quick podcast to update everybody on what's going on. And look for another one in your uh, in the Red Leg Nation radio podcast feed in the next couple of days. Also, if you're looking for more Cincinnati Reds content, we just finished the Building the Machine series First ever kind of independent series from Red Leg Nation Radio, 12 episodes. The last episode was published earlier this week, and I think it turned out to be a pretty good series. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time with it, and so I encourage you to go listen to all those. They're all, you can go to redlegnation.com, and every single episode is posted there. Also, if you're a supporter of the podcast at patreon.com slash redlegradio, you can uh, get an extra episode just posted this week as well, kind of discussing the making of the series and how it came to be and what we learned. And a uh, pretty fun episode of me and Bill Lack talking about uh, our feelings now that we finished this little project and what our next project is as well. So let's talk about quickly what's going on in the world of the Reds because there actually is some Reds-related news this week. The Major League Baseball draft began this week. And, of course, it's a modified draft this year, as uh, you, you probably already know. And if, you, if you're not familiar with the way it uh, is working this year, head on over to redlegnation.com or Doug Gray's really covering all everything about the draft uh, out in an outstanding fashion. You need to be following every day there. But I, as I'm recording this, the first day of the draft is over. By the time you listen to this, the last day of the draft will be finished. And so I'm only going to be talking about the Reds' first-round pick because, you know, that's the timing of it. Uh, unfortunately, we'll talk about the entire draft next week. On the, on the show. It's a two-day draft this year, which obviously is different from, from past drafts. Uh, this year, five total rounds. You know, there's usually 40 rounds in the baseball draft, and only five this year, and obviously you don't know why that is. It's just a strange year in every single way. Now, first round of the draft was on night one, and rounds two through five on the second night. The Reds as you may know by the time you listen to this, six picks over the five rounds. Okay, if the 12th overall pick, the 48th pick, the 65th pick, that was a competitive balance, round B selection. And I don't have any interest in diving into what exactly that means. You can look it up, uh, but the Reds did uh, qualify for one. Uh, the 84th pick, 113th and 143rd. So there's a, you know, a, Doug Gray goes into uh, all the bonus pool values that can be spent this year, and it's you know, it's interesting. You should absolutely go read it. I'm not going to re- recite the numbers here, but there's a certain amount you can pay to each to be each pick. Now, uh, there is, however, in terms of bonus money for these players, players that sign this year only going to be paid up to a hundred thousand dollars of their bonus. Uh, if they agree to sign for less than a hundred thousand, they get the whole amount. But if it's over a hundred thousand, that's all they're going to going to get. 
right now. And then they'll get 50% of uh, whatever's remaining after that in July of 2021. And then the other 50% in July of 2022. Trying to keep the league uh, going. Uh, this is one of the – obviously we knew the amateur players would be the first ones to uh, feel the, the, the bite of the – pandemic related shutdown of baseball and, and that's what it's going to go now the part about this draft process this year and cutting it down to five rounds is most interesting to me is the fact that of course you know the Reds are going to get six players and every team is going to be looking to sign amateur free agents now it's going to be a really active amateur free agent market and, and i'm interested to see if it's more active for some teams less active for others and specifically i'm wondering how active the reds will be in the free agency uh amateur free agent path players that aren't drafted essentially they can sign for up to twenty thousand dollars as a free agent so that's the that's the max and teams can sign as many as they want so there are some restrictions you can't offer a player any benefit for signing other than um the twenty thousand dollars you can't offer anything that other players in the organization are also not entitled to uh it's just a situation where teams are going to have 20000 per person. How much are they going to be willing to spend? How much do they feel like they can spend? You know, the Reds obviously have had a, a – their revenue has taken a little bit of a hit this year. How much are they going to feel like they can afford to spend after spending so much this offseason? So it's going to be interesting. First-round pick, though, as you've probably heard by now, if you haven't, let's talk about it a little bit. Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds selected with the 12th overall pick in the 2020 Major League Baseball draft first round, Austin Hendrick. Austin Hendrick is a high school outfielder from West Allegheny High School in Imperial, Imperial, Pennsylvania. 6'1", 205, he bats left, he throws left. Born, feeling older every year, born in June of 2001. Yikes. So what do we know about uh, about Austin Hendricks? Let's run, run through some of what we know about Austin Hendricks. And again, the entire, if you go to RedLegNation.com and RedsMinorLeague.com, great scouting report, plenty of video. Go watch this guy hit because, my goodness, his swing is gorgeous. Now, I'm no scout. Uh, you know, what do I know? But this is an incredible, incredible swing just to look at. So, essentially, Austin Hendrick has elite bat speed, okay? His, uh, his hitting coach on the USA 18U national team the last two years he told uh, Baseball America, it's, quote, utterly elite. So, uh, And also, with that bat speed comes tremendous power, okay? Most scouts, maybe not most, but a significant number of scouts had Hendrick pegged as having the most raw power of anyone in the entire draft. Um, he competed in the Under Armour All-American Home Run Derby. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But he hit a home run completely out of Wrigley Field. This guy is just a big-time, big-time power. What else do we know about Austin Hendrick? Uh, he played for uh, West Allegheny uh, High School, I said. But he also played for the Collier Township Little League team in western Pennsylvania and when he was in Little League. And that team was undefeated until the state championship game uh, in uh 2014, when it lost to, to Monet Davis's team that went on to almost capture the Little League World Series. You remember that? Uh, his mother was a star gymnast at the University of Pittsburgh. Okay, I, you need to know that, right? Um, comes from the same area as uh, former Pirates second baseman Neil Walker, who was actually taken 11th overall. Hendrick was taken 12th overall. 
I don't know. Now, he did win the 2019 Under Armour All-America Home Run Derby at Wrigley Field. And if you go to Reds.com, Red Leg Nation, you're going to see some videos of his performance in that. And it's unbelievable. I mean, really, it's just it's a, it's a high school kid, you know. But, man, just that's enough to make you make you drool. Swing kind of reminds me of, of juniors. I hate to say that, you know, Junior Griffey. You don't want to compare anybody to that swing. But I don't know. It's just a little bit of something there that maybe it's just that left-handed swing. So, uh, and, and a matter of fact, uh, I was interested to find out that Hendrick's favorite player of all time, King Griffey Jr. <laughs> so, you know, his favorite current player evidently is Bryce Harper. We, we will forgive him for that. Now, a lot of people considered Hendrick the best hitter in this year's high school draft class. Um, I'm assuming he's going to come to Cincinnati now after being picked that high in the first round, but he has committed to play baseball for Mississippi State, and that's a fine baseball program down there. So we'll see We'll see what happens, but you got to think uh, with the money we're talking here, life-changing money. Now, in terms of position, uh, he's played center field. Uh, some scouts feel like he has the ability to play center field as we go further, but uh, some also feel that like he's probably going to profile better as maybe a right fielder. Does have a strong arm, so uh, and and as a good defense, has a good reputation in terms of his defense. So, you know, we have the conversation every year about high, pick a high school guy versus pick a college guy, and you know, I'm not going to get back into that right now. With hitters, sometimes it makes sense to go the high school for a high school guy if you get one of these elite elite guys, and you know, the Reds are picking. 12th so it's not like you know 11 teams did pass on this guy it's not like he's a surefire superstar and frankly given all the uh cancellations of baseball seasons and things that have been going on this this spring there's opportunities to scout him not uh not been there but so so we don't know this is kind of a kind of a crapshoot in some ways not really the reds have done plenty of homework on austin hendrick and all the rest of the the prospects that were available but there's a little less information available to each team right now so a lot of their uh, prior scouting is sort of outweighs what they would have done this spring which is a lot of the a lot of the lead up to the draft is a lot of scouting so so i don't know but um the fact of the matter is he is very highly regarded in terms of of, of hit, hitting and again some some scout some observers some analysts had him pegged as the top hitter in the draft so yeah i'm, I'm happy to see the reds get that guy we won't hear from him for a while, uh, you know, uh, even at the, in the best of circumstances. He's not going to be in the big leagues for a while. But uh, but I'm happy with the pick. I'm happy with the pick. Now, there was evidently some concern, according to Major League Baseball Pipeline, some concerns last summer because his strikeout rate increased. Uh, evidently, Hendrick made it some kind of a mechanical change in his setup at the plate. And... Uh, that causes strikeout rate to go up. Not that that matters to anybody in big league baseball these days. Everybody almost strikes out all the time. But um, MLB Pipeline said that, but then they also said he has the most upside of any high school hitter in the draft. So, yes, from his, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see that in Cincinnati at some point. So, let's take a look here. What else do we know about Austin Hendricks? Dan Mullen of ESPN, the bat speed is the draw here. Hendrick is a little old for his draft class. He's already 19, but his 91-mile-per-hour exit velocity could lead to massive power at Great American Ballpark. Probably end up in a corner, but his bat should play fine at any outfield spot. Baseball America said he's in uh, his upside is an outfielder with a 40-home run potential. 
and Jonathan Mayo, MLB.com. There might be a couple high school hitters who might be better pure hitters, but for bat speed and how quick his hands are, Hendrick is unparalleled in this class. He's the best I've seen in those areas areas in quite some time. Now, I have to encourage you, really. Go to redlegnation.com. Watch all the videos that uh, Doug has posted there, and uh, you're going to really – I think you're going to really uh, enjoy watching this guy swing. He is something something special. I, I think, you know, again – we can't say too much about a player that's just been drafted. And you all know, if you've followed the podcast, listen for any amount of time, you know my rule, which is let's not get overly excited about anybody. Nobody is a real prospect to me uh, until they get higher than single A. But And the other thing is that, frankly, first round of the draft, every single team is able to publish, uh, put out a press release, just like the Reds did, touting this pick and plenty of people saying great things about him. Because if you're picked in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft, people think you're a pretty good player. <laughs> they don't all make it. We don't know if Hendricks will make it. But, I, frankly, I'm satisfied with the pick. Got to trust that the Reds uh, know more than I do, although we can talk about the kind of the up and, da- up and down nature of their drafts over the last few years. But I'm not going to do that right now. Other news this week is the ongoing negotiations we've been following every single week here at Red Leg Nation Radio, and it's just kind of getting tiresome. But let's talk about the the back and forth that went on this week as the Players Association and Major League Baseball ownership, essentially, try to negotiate to get this season back on track and actually play some baseball. I said at one point on this podcast, 100% there's definitely going to be baseball. And obviously, last week, if you listened to the podcast, I had to revise that a little bit because I did not anticipate the hard-headedness of the pl- people involved in making the decisions on, on how to get baseball back on the field. So here's where we are. The Players Association, MLB, made an agreement in March that the players we paid on a prorated basis on the number of games played. Owners, however, want the players to take uh, you know a further pay cut because they claim you know they claim they're going to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars. Now they've not seemed willing to prove that to the players, but they're still claiming it. So players, you know, they initially proposed a 114 game season. The owners never actually proposed a 48 game season, but they kind of threatened through the media that we can make you play 48 games. And uh because that that's part of the agreement back in March and the pay on a prorated basis. So you know, um, that's just, it's a threat. It kills me, that nonsense negotiated through the media. But that's the, that's the nature of the game, I guess. Now, this week, ESPN reported that the Major League Baseball had proposed a deal to the players for a 76 game season. And in this proposal, the players would get 75% of their prorated by game salary. Uh, kind of. They would get 75% if the playoffs were completed. If they didn't actually get all the way through the playoffs, then the, the players would only get 50% of their prorated salary. Now, again, what we're talking about is they'd get 75% of the salary that they already agreed to. They're already already reduced to salary. They're already prorated salary that they agreed to back in March. So Major Baseball is coming back to either 75% or 50% of that salary that had that already agreed to to reduce. And, you know, I had a conversation with a couple of people, and we got a question we're probably going to answer um, either on the next podcast uh, or the next Patreon podcast, but uh, essentially about, you know, the owners are giving something up here. What are the players giving up? 
Well, the players already gave up uh, some of their salary. They contracted for, frankly, uh, by agreeing to reduce their, their salary to a prorated rate. Okay, And I would not advise them to agree further. They have very short careers. they got to make as much money as they can. Uh, if the owners decide they want to ruin baseball by keeping them out for a year, well, I guess that's something we'll just have to deal with. But uh, what are the what are the players giving up? They've already given up some of their salary. Okay, yeah, I think they could have held a hard line and said, "Well, I, I, I signed a contract. I signed a contract for you to pay me, you know, X million dollars. Pay me X million dollars, no matter how many games we play." Um, and of course, that would have been litigated. I think it stood a pretty good chance of uh, being upheld, uh, depending on how individual contracts are are written. But that's what they've given up, and. There's a lot of players, people that want to kind of defend the owners. And, I, you know, I, I don't like getting involved in that too much because generally a pox on all their houses. Both sides are to blame in any kind of a work stoppage uh, in general. But here, I get that the owners, their revenue is going to be way down. I get that. Major League Baseball's team revenues are going to be down. And it's not their fault. It's uh, this pandemic. And so they are going to take a hit to the bottom line. I'll worry about what that looks like for the Cincinnati Reds going forward. And that's something that as we get a little clearer picture, when baseball comes back, we kind of get a little bit clearer picture about what it's going to look like. That's something we're going to explore here on the podcast because I worry about teams like the Reds given this, especially where they were on their cycle of beginning to spend a little bit of money. But again, that's a topic for another day. Owners are giving a lot because owners are assuming the risk of this venture. And when they have record revenues, some of that gets distributed to the players, although they've done a pretty good job in the last little bit trying to keep salaries down. But there's not like a bonus that goes out to players when something good happens. So when something bad happens, just like the owners got the, the benefit, get the benefit of uh, these great uh, record revenues, well, you know they they're going to have to take a hit on this. I hate it. I hate it for anybody. I don't. I don't. I don't feel sorry for uh, for anyone in this mess. But you know that's just that's that's the nature of the business. Just the nature of the business. And so you know I'm perfectly willing to listen to a, an argument that the players are being greedy because uh, I have seen that argument. But I just don't buy it. I mean, you know, they contracted for something. They're, you know, they're, they're employees. They contracted for something. Um, you know, pay them. Pay them. It's That's very, very simplified. Too Far too simplified. And I'm uh, kind of embarrassed to have uh, put it in such simple terms here. I'm supposed to be a legal expert, you know. But uh, that's, that's just the, the shorthand for how I'm looking at it right now. So anyway, I digress. Essentially, the owners, their latest proposal looks like they took that 48-game season that they threatened and basically, Doug Gray pointed this out to me, basically used it to split the difference in that proposal with the one that, the, the, you know, the uh, prior proposal. So, I don't know. It's a little bit of a, the owners at least have moved closer to the players in terms of pay, but then if there's no playoff completed, then, you know, <laughs> it's it's not even close to anything the players are looking for. So I don't know. There's you know there's some more room for, for working, I guess, but I don't see any 
I don't see urgency. I see I see so little urgency. That's the part that really bothers me the most. Whether you whether you're upset at the owners or the players or both, I see no urgency to get something done. And I see other leagues around the world and here in America trying to figure something out with a little bit of urgency to at least try to uh, get back on the field or on the court. And with baseball, I, you know, I just everyone agrees they're going to have to have a little bit of time to uh, spring training period to kind of ramp back up. So the longer this process takes, the longer it's going to take to get back on the field. And, and maybe that's what Major League Baseball ownership wants to do. Let's wait them out. Let's wait them out. Eventually they'll agree to our demand so we can at least get you know, 48 games in or something. It's just, it's uh, it's really shaken uh, my, uh, I really didn't have any faith, I guess, in baseball leadership, but it's completely shattered any sort of romance I had about still remaining about this game and about what it means to America. This is a time when baseball, it's probably the only chance in, in my lifetime that we'll ever have, and maybe ever, for baseball to capture the American imagination once again. You know, it used to be the national pastime. It has not been for a while. And, uh, this, you know, we talked, Chris Garber and I talked about this last week on the podcast. It just, it, it really frustrates me that here's a chance for the sport that I love to be the only game in town in some uh, respects, certainly when it first picks back up. And to have really everyone eager, excited to see sports again. They're never going to have a chance like this. And, and the people that are eager to watch sports again, they're going to have to watch Major League Baseball if they want to watch sports. It's going to be they'll get some some eyeballs on the on the sport that they would not have gotten in a regular season, and it could have real long term benefits for the health and, and the growth of the game. I truly believe that, and and it's just not as uh, not as important as a, as a couple of extra bucks. I'm all for making a couple of extra bucks. You know, I try to do uh, as much as I can. I make as much as I can when I can. Whatever. I don't uh, fault anybody for trying to make as much money as they can. But baseball is not Amazon.com. Baseball is not even, you know, your uh, mom-and-pop store down the road that has to, you know, watch their bottom line. Baseball baseball does have to watch their bottom line. That's not the right term, but uh, baseball is different. Baseball is a public trust. And I'm to the point where I'm about to uh, run for Congress just so that I can work on eliminating baseball's antitrust exemption. If they're not going to act in the uh, it, to benefit baseball fans, pox on all their houses, tear it to the ground, let them be like every other sport. So I'm frustrated. Can you tell? Okay, so uh, that was the owner's plan that was that was proposed. The players countered. The following day, as a matter of fact, Major Baseball Players Association sent uh, their proposal. They sent the MLB was for an 89-game season. This was reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN, and uh, it, in some ways, it's pretty similar to the 114-game season. And evidently, the owners <laughs> the owners took their ball and went home. The report uh, was that they didn't even consider the union's proposal to be moving the ball even a little. They're not trying, one person on the management side tells me. That wears me out. If that's an owner that's involved in these negotiations, they are not trying. Get out of town. Now, the reason why they think it's a a non-starter is that this 
proposal from the players would send the regular season into October. And the owners don't want to don't want to have the regular season go that far because if they go that far, they're worried about uh, a second wave of this uh, pandemic have forced them to cancel the playoffs. Now, first of all, believing any model about what the pandemic may or may not do is fool a fool's errand because every model has been wrong. That's the nature of models. I'm not criticizing the people that create those models. You just you can't predict what's going to happen. Uh, but there's there's actual reason to believe that there will be a second wave at some point. And they don't want to cancel playoffs because that's where they make their money. So they're not going to go into October for regular season games. And let me just tell you something. I uh, This wears me out. The owners saying the players are not even trying. The, the ball's in the, in, the, in the owner's court. If they want to play, they'll play the very first day that it's uh, they're able to, frankly. Baseball owners have decided they want to use this as an opportunity to break the players' union. Now, not literally break the union. There's still going to be a union, but uh, to beat them down. Uh, this this is does not bode well for the, the upcoming CBA negotiations in 2021. Uh, the players' offers to Major League Baseball, you know, they've been uh, they've stuck to the the agreement that was reached in in March about hey we're going to prorated salaries. We already agreed on that, and so let's what do we do about the rest of this stuff? And they've tried to negotiate a little bit. The, the owners are just trying to figure out different ways to slice the players' part of the pie even further. Every one of their proposals has been, how do we slice the players' proposal a little further? Now, I know a lot of you disagree with me. A lot of you think the players need to give up as well, give things up as well. It's just They're not similarly situated. The parties here are not similarly situated. If, uh, you know, if, if MLB, the owners, one of their early proposals was for a 50-50 uh, revenue-sharing split, or that was a proposal that was, was tossed out there. And uh, if that were done, Okay, good. How about we do a 50-50 revenue split when revenues are up? Because uh, you know, I'm all for the owners being able to make money on uh, on these baseball teams. You know, uh, we can all look at it like if, if I were an owner, you know, it'd be my toy, and I'd like to think it would be that way. The player, the people that get enough money to be able to buy baseball teams, or the corporations, people put in all uh, buy stock in these uh, corporations. You don't get to buy one unless you've made a lot of money, frankly, and you don't make a lot of money without knowing how to make money. And it's hard for them to turn that off sometimes. It's not the old days like it used to be. But the owners would never agree when they have all this MOB AM revenue, when they sold that and got billions. Would they have agreed to give 50% of that to the players? No. So let's, you know, if it, I, I agree that. I would love for them to hug and just agree to play no matter what. But as long as the owners continue to try to beat them back on a concession that the players already made, it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And I, I, I think there is a, a real fear that they may actually not play because I'm just not sure. I'm still not sure I'm seeing the urgency to get it done. And I, maybe that's just a doom and gloom for me. And I hope so. But the, the the negotiations are not 
making me particularly happy right now. But I'm happy about Austin Hendrick, and I'm looking forward to actually talking about real baseball once they do get back on the field. Can I just for a moment again, we've talked about this a few times, but every few days I think, you know, this is just classic Cincinnati sports, hash brown Cincinnati sports. (laughs) The Reds go out and... We were all pleased with the offseason. There were things we wanted them to do that they couldn't get done. And, you know, uh, they weren't a perfect team coming into the 2020 season. But they were an interesting team. They were going to be a competitive team. The, they were had a shot, a legitimate shot, not just uh, me trying to uh, talk myself into it, of being a playoff team this year. Uh, no reason to believe this team would not have been competitive and would not have been one of the teams still standing once October got here. And what happens? <laughs> the season may get canceled. I mean, this is really a chance that for the Reds to have one of how many competitive seasons, how many truly fun competitive seasons have we had since the Reds won the World Series in, in 1990? Uh, really, I mean, you know, uh, they were competitive sort of in some seasons, but, you know, we had 95, we had 99, we had 2010, 2012, 2013, okay? Um, the four of those, they made the playoffs. 99, they didn't make the playoffs but so five teams in in the the 30 years there are a few others that you know they were sort of hung in there a little bit and you could you could add in there but really it's been a a dry spell there was every reason to believe that this was going to be one of the uh one of those five teams you know one of the one of the teams that at least kept us engaged and so they cancel everything (laughs) that's our luck right that's our luck as cincinnati sports fans unfortunately it seems like that in every cincinnati sport so so here's what's going to happen. They're going to come back at some point. They're going to play. The Reds are going to win the National League pennant. Now, I can't guarantee a World Series, but they are going to win the National League pennant. And then the Bengals are going to win a playoff game. Okay, now I'm just getting silly. I'll be back with you in a couple days with, uh, what I, like I told you, uh, a fun little, uh, little episode. It's kind of the second half of this episode, but I'm going to go ahead and release this part to everyone uh, so you'll have it in your feeds on Friday morning, especially for you, Nathan Connor, uh, who's yelling at me on Slack to get to work. Not really. Appreciate you, Nathan. I will talk to you all again in a couple of days. Until then, thank you so much. Really appreciate all of you that have stuck with us throughout all this. Uh, This podcast, frankly, is often the highlight of my week because I do really like talking about Reds baseball. I don't like it when baseball decides they're going to not be friendly to us. So hurry back, baseball, because we got those Reds World Series tickets, right? So long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.